the man with the dive. There's a man from way up town to take away your blues. And any time the man comes round, the viper spreads the news. Hello. And welcome to Pot Snobs. I'm Ed, here in Mendocino County, California, with my friend Chris from Candid Kush, and we're joined by our friend Ryan in Portland, Oregon. Hey Chris, hey Ed, uh, what are you two getting into today? What are you smoking on? How's it going, man? Oh, pretty good. Uh, we've got something special here that uh, Chris brought back from his big photo journey with uh, Eric and Tyler and... Dave and all sorts of characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eric was kind enough to send me home with some uh, Sour D from uh, J Plant Speaker. Oh, that's, that is some pretty mythical cannabis. Um, so, hey, it's it's early in the podcast, so I don't mind if you, you do some full name dropping. So go ahead and, and let us know who these people are. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric is also known as Eric Nugshots, one of the OGOG cannabis macro photographers in the game. And Tyler is another um, cannabis uh, industry worker and photographer. He works with uh, Storm Cannabis in Bend, Oregon, and is on Instagram at TerpCam. And he's crushing the macros too. And then Dave is Dave's Not Here Man on Instagram. And he is another cannabis photographer um, based outside of Denver, Colorado. And uh, yeah, of course we all found each other. (laughs) Cannabis photographers, right? (laughs) Yes. And man, I just have to say, like, big plugs to to all of the above, straight up. Like, (coughs) you know, uh, a macro of a trichome. Sounds like, okay, well, you've seen one, maybe you've seen them all, but absolutely not. All of these subjects are super interesting. All the different uh, photographers bring their own eye to the shots and, like, you know, make me love cannabis all over again. And uh, to get all the fun extra, like, insect shots and landscape shots and everything, it is, it's been really transportive, mm-hmm. especially for somebody like me who's been stuck at home these last... Oh, months and months. So, Chris, tell me, tell me about this trip, so I can just sit here and dream on it. <laughs> oh man, where do I begin? So, um, let's see. Eric had a photo shoot in Denver, and well, due to all the COVID stuff, I've got a quite a bit of free time on my hands nowadays. Um, so, I invited myself kind of along their road trip and was gladly accepted. And, uh, you know, we, Tyler, Eric, and I set off from Bend, um, shit, I can't even remember when that was. It was like like three, four weeks ago ago now, yeah. Yeah, um, set off from Bend to head to Denver, um, for some shoots, and we did the first leg of the trip just straight there, 18 hours, um, rotating drivers is pretty cool, super straight roads, like, I swear to God, I drove, like, 60 miles without, like moving at all just all knees just i don't even know man it was like i was just going (laughs) you know (laughs) like just going it was in the middle of the night i was the last driver like they're zonked out uh i was drinking a bunch of coffee and red bull it's pretty good Uh uh-huh and then we uh we got into the uh what is it the valley no valley of the gods valley of the gods is in utah Uh uh-huh what is the one right outside of boulder Oh. The m- monument? No. Like Estes Nas- Park? No, something Rocky in the Mountain game. National? There's a Garden of the Gods Garden, in Colorado. Garden of the Apollo. Gods. That's what it is. Oh, so the, you went to both the Garden of the Gods and the Valley of the Gods? <laughs> yes. Do they know? <laughs> I, I, I think so. I think so. We had some, uh, some pretty amazing under the star nights. Um, but yeah, uh, so we roll into Garden of the Gods. And, um, I mean, maybe if I could get out of the car, it would have been a lot cooler, but, you know, there's kind of people there and stuff, and so we were driving around, we've been just driving forever. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, Eric was doing his shot, Tyler and I were just kind of, like, on foot around, uh, Boulder, not really a whole lot to do right now, so we were, like, slacklining in parks and messing around with video. Oh, so, uh... Eric and I both picked up star trackers for our cameras, and I also picked up um, a pretty sweet gimbal for my tracker as well. Um, 
I have no idea how to say the name of the brand. I think it's Shishwin, but it's the Crane 3 gimbal. And um, yeah, for all those camera nerds out there, you can all correct me. And I got to learn how to use it. It's pretty <laughs> rad. And then the Star Trackers, you know, they mount on your tripod and then you mount your camera to that and then you align it with a North Star. And then when it's running, it allows for extra long exposures because it moves with the movement of the Earth. So you don't get like star trails and stuff. Um, so we got those for the trip, wow. right? So Tyler and I are trucking around and I'm trying to learn how to do like video stuff with this gimbal and everything. And then um, we link up with Dave and uh, he is super into wild photography and nature photography. I think I need to take a bomb rip too. I just got to take a bomb rip. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Dave scoops us up, and he's got these beastly lenses, like, I don't even know, dude, like a 400 millimeter and like a 500 millimeter. Looks like a damn periscope. Like, honestly, like, we're cruising around, he's got this massive camo, like, gun on his lap, and like, I couldn't help but just keep thinking, like, it kind of seems like a gun. Fuck, if we get pulled over right now, it's really crazy times. Like, this shit's wild. (laughs) You know? But all good. And, uh, yeah, Dave, like, showed us around some of these uh, different parts of Colorado. Honestly, I can't remember any of the names of anywhere because we just went so many places. Um, But, yeah, we did some, like, bird photography and stuff. Um, I do want to take a bong rip here. Yeah, but national parks, birds... No, not, not national parks. More like just like off the grid things. Off like the grid. Oh, that's a right. A lot of off the grid stuff. We oh, that's go. right. A lot of like um, mountain pass driving with Eric in <laughs> yeah. his uh, Tacoma and things like that. At what, like thirteen thousand no, feet? No, not Tacoma. Um, he has a forerunner. A four. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, we did drive over a fourteen thousand off road like mountain pass I mean I guess it wasn't even called a pass it was um, something gulch Um, corkscrew gulch is what it was it was wild man we're like driving off road like it's kind of are you familiar with like the four buying like Wrangler trailer trails or like off-roading trails or anything like that no and I really don't know anybody who is (laughs) Eric is kind of the first person but basically, you know, these guys were on a extremely dank photo safari, um, you know, through Colorado and the area between Oregon and Northern California. You guys also wrapped in a couple photo shoots with like Humboldt Sea Company and some other people. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you guys have been busy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, I did get a little ahead of myself. I'm kind of like lost track of time and order these days (laughs) you know what i mean and then like being on the road for like you know like nearly three and a half four weeks away from mendocino it's just like all like nothing is linear anymore in my mind (laughs) (laughs) just wait till you hit that sour diesel i know i know (laughs) (laughs) i'm very surprised uh, that this has some very delicate floral kind of almost like lotion like notes to it i get a lemon lime it does um smell like eric has been you know pounding through this jar and this is like the last morsel that he shared with us (laughs) But um, it's very tasty, and it definitely has, um, it's not, it, like, smelled a little more accurate and kind of intense and, like, almost skunk-like, like, when we opened the jar. But the flavor is actually, like, really approachable and delightful and, like, yeah, really enjoying it. Yeah, no, we were, um, we were smoking quite a bit of it all throughout the trip, um, too. And that was another cool thing for me is I got to smoke... You know, Oregon and Colorado cannabis products um, through like people who are in the industry. So it wasn't me just like wandering into a dispensary with no idea like what to buy. And um, man, uh, those guys are pretty into dabbing. And uh, we smoked some pretty good extracts um, from Cushmasters, uh, Dab Logic, Single Source Colorado, uh, Cuban Grower. Um, to name a few, I can't remember any of. Wait, actually, I lied. There were some. There was. Uh, wait, wait. Um, shoot, 
I think like chocolate frosting was one of them. There was oh slap and tickle. I remember enjoying that one a lot. Um, I'm not sure if I just enjoyed it more because of the name, but I mean it was really tasty. <laughs> it was memorable. But uh, the name, like, it, yeah, it was it was like the one I remember out of I don't know twenty. Oh, and we ate these um, Coda. Are those chocolate bars? Yeah, that's what you there? were talking about when you came home. Yeah, I got this like coffee and donuts chocolate bar. Not too strong um, in the dosage. I think each piece is like five milligrams. Probably goes up to like ninety or hundred. And they were like bar. relatively large, like squares. Uh, the squares I've been eating are like uh, three or four doses. So you're seeing me eat three or four servings. Oh, okay, yeah, that <laughs> makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. So well, hey, that's how I was eating. Give that. us a quick review of that bar because it is Colorado's <laughs> best-selling edible. Oh, is it? Okay. Well, okay. So I had the coffee and donuts bar. It's definitely like a milk chocolate. On the underside of it, it has, um, I think, like cinnamon and sugar underneath it. So you get that texture on the bottom. It is pretty sweet. Um, I'm into that most of the time. Um, I'm not sure as far as like chocolate connoisseur type chocolate if it's there. You know, edibles um, aren't really made to be <laughs> savored in that way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I could easily eat this whole bar on the flavor. Is there anything left of this bar? Yeah, you want to eat some of it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Maybe during the break. Yeah. Good <laughs> I was about to jump out of my seat. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but you know, I, th- I think it was uh, 20 bucks and I was happy with my purchase. I would definitely recommend it to everybody. Um, you know, the Defonce, Defonce bars mm-hmm. in... Uh, um, the Bay Area and uh, California, those were like some of my favorite like chocolate infused um, bars, and I think they're probably around the same price range, maybe a little more. They had a whole lot more variety, but then again, I have no idea if this is normal or not due to COVID stuff. Um, have you ever had a chance to try those bars, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I had some when I was down there, and uh, yeah, I thought they were pretty nice uh, commodity chocolate with some nice mix-ins and cool packaging, which is about all we can hope for right now so um yeah i thought they were nice and i have been wanting to try that yeah bar so good on you (laughs) yeah their um their marketing and photography is very good and instagram is really really cool i haven't checked it out in a while but if you want to see some really cool designed stuff their feed is where it's at the Coda chocolate feed? No, Defonce. The Defonce feed. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. I really enjoy their lighting and photography. Nice. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what are you getting into on the podcast tonight? You know, I am nearly through this uh, this monster joint that I rolled of uh, Dirty Bananas by Urban Canada. <laughs> and uh, that's, I, I believe it's uh, Secret Mints by Banana OG. And... I, super nice. I was really happy to see this one up on the shelves. Um, it, it's, you know, it, it's really got all of the bag appeal you could want with like this crazy fresh green banana uh, as well as like a, a funky OG Kush like gas rubber smell to it. Um, so I'm liking this one. It's more sweet than savory. And uh, I just grabbed a gram because I was happy to see it and needed a little something for the podcast. But I'm going to go back like tomorrow and stock up because um it's rarely on shelves for too long and i definitely want to grab more of this right on sounds good nice nice yeah you know you were uh saying earlier ryan how um it's cool for you to see you know cannabis photographers be posting you know insect photos or wildlife or nature or anything and um dave followed us out to uh moab and the desert out in Utah and the Valley of the Gods and camped out with us that night. And um, it was really cool. And he was like mentioning like the same thing where he was like stoked to like be out with us, you know, doing non-cannabis photography and like learning from each other that way and like exploring all these different avenues of photography. And that was super cool. We all, uh, we were all shooting the stars and we all had like, you know, even though we we're all there in the same spot right next to each other, and uh, all of our pictures turned out, you know, like very unique and to like our own styles was just pretty cool. Um, 
Yeah, so I haven't really published too much of the content that I've shot. Um, I do have two pictures up on Chris.CandidKush's Instagram account. Um, an Astro one and then one of a Big Dune in Nevada. Cool. Which is a big sandy... <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Nice. So any, I mean, I, I, you shared a, you shared a ton of it on your stories throughout the trip. I was watching your feed and Eric's feed and bits of Tyler's and Dave's crazy long, humongous lenses. (laughs) And it seemed like a really good time. I look forward to seeing more photos of the trip. And I've really liked some of like the Andromeda galaxy stuff. I think, is that the one that Eric took? Yeah. Did you see that Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. Those, I mean, it's all been really impressive. Yeah, uh, but yeah, but yeah, it was uh, it was really tricky for him to be shooting that uh, shot, you know. And it's pretty wild. It was just with a 500 millimeter lens, and you know the camera body is Star Tracker, and we can shoot a galaxy. Like that's mind blowing. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know I've seen people get into uh, like doing some uh, like it's a COVID thing. I'm gonna buy a big ass telescope, right? And I've heard of, this. Is actually, a couple of my friends have done this, and they're like, eh, "It's all right. It's kind of cool. I can see Jupiter." Uh, but what you guys were able to produce with the what? star tracking is what you want to actually see when you look at like a space photo with like mm-hmm. crazy colors and swirls and a million stars. Um, so hey, thousand words, right? Go yeah. look at the actual pictures. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and once you get tired of those, you can watch Chris's uh, you know extreme droning uh, through mesas and canyons and other things. Looks like something out of Mission Impossible, where you half expect him to see like Chris climbing up the boulder halfway through with Eric smoking a doobie below. There, I really just enjoyed all the photos from the trip, and you know, since a lot of us are stuck in in one place um you know watching these guys go on like a road trip where they're basically camping and backpacking you know extreme social distancing but still having a good time and getting out to different spaces it definitely felt refreshing so yeah that's cool i'm glad that uh yeah any grand plans to what to do with uh, all the photography is it just gonna kind of Use it for social media fog- fodder. What's up with that? Oh, I guess I guess you know. What do they say? If you say it publicly, you like Ooh. hold yourself accountable a lot more for like doing things and publishing That's things. True. All right, all right. So we haven't told anybody any of this stuff, and yeah, I'm pretty sure we pulled off. But the goal on the trip was to produce a 45 minute long film. And essentially, we got a shitload of B-roll. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we um, didn't really have, I guess, like the time to do like more narrative type things. But that didn't really need to be done like in the moment anyway. We're thinking a lot more of like voiceover stuff. But, you know, I alone shot over a terabyte of video, um, which I like haven't gone through it all yet and um you know i don't even know what uh how much eric shot or tyler shot um tyler's been releasing some of his photography um we didn't really have any grand plan with photography or anything um i'm just going to be you know editing it and releasing it on social media you know of course you could always buy prints from any one of us um you know, I do my printing in-house. Um, those other guys, I think, have a print shop. And uh, so that's always an option. Um, yeah. So 45-minute long film. We'll see. <laughs> it's coming, I promise. Um, oh, very cool. Very cool. I loved it. And, uh, yeah, like Ed said, it was great just to follow along and, and see some people out there. So good to follow along. Um, I, myself, have been... Uh, exploring a handful of edibles while sitting in a dentist chair so this is uh, <laughs> way less glamorous that was my uh, afternoon today uh, I had to go in and get some like pretty routine stuff done but still like I'm, I'm not a fan so 
Um, I was digging into Archive's new hash bras and gummies, right? So they these just dropped like a week or two ago. Uh, and so I'm like, all right, right at the street. I love those guys. Go grab the stuff. Uh, and they're pretty naturally flavored, like Meyer lemon and Marion berry and blood orange. Um, and the ingredients list like turmeric and spirulina, so naturally colored as well. Um, but yeah, altogether, I feel like these things are kind of like crystally gummies that need a little bit of work. Um, but the effect was really nice, and I like the small format packaging. And for it being like uh, a hash gummy, like pretty great, pretty nice to be able to go and have those as an option now. I mean, it wasn't too long ago before that most of the edibles that you could just go and grab were distillate infused gummy bears. And it's like, that's not interesting for anyone. <laughs> so yeah, hey, now we're, we're eating like bougie chocolate and have like <laughs> hash candies. So we've come a long way. Would, nice. Were these um, uh, cultivar specific hash rosin candies? They were. Uh, this is using the lemon peel, and they're kind of nice and uplifting and light, so right in line with the flower. Very interesting. So that that brings me like to this uh, thought of when we bought some edibles in, uh, in uh, Boulder. Um, I remember Tyler got a pack. We each got the we each got a few different things. I think I got like a um, strawberry rhubarb. Like I think they called it like an all around. I think it was a one to one CBD um, gummy made with real fruit. It's pretty tasty, a little sugary. Can't remember the brand at all. Damn. And then uh, Tyler got one that was I think a strawberry lemonade, but it said sativa on it, right? And uh, we all ate them, and I passed the fuck out. Like, and I don't think sativa or indica means anything for oh. edibles. Oh, does it not? Because it doesn't mean anything for fucking flour either, dude. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you can describe flour as sativa or indica if you're talking about the way it looks. Sure. Could you not? Yeah, you can. You absolutely can. Yeah. I think you should stick to like narrow leaf and broad leaf and like short sure. and tall and like basically plunge them from your vocab and, tr- and just try other things honestly even if you do end up going back to them just like try something else for a while oh no i i i rarely rarely communicate that but, way yeah but this edible put you s- straight into the sleep sack and so the ongoing road trip joke at nighttime was bust out the sativa gummies bro uh-huh. and uh yeah marketing <laughs> that is kind of like pretty on point for the for the time uh, and kind of where we're at. I mean, yeah, I just encourage people to try to use other parameters to describe and, and kind of recognize what's going on. I just don't think they serve us super well. But um, yeah, these bongs are serving me quite well. Um, this is, you know, this is like a pot snobs uh, COVID alternate consumption delivery method. We each have our own bongs packed with the J Plant Speaker Sour Diesel. It continues to be like yeah. way more tasty and like pleasant than I would have thought. I was like, oh shit, it's going to be the Plant Speaker Sour Diesel. It's going to like kick me in the face, slap me stupid, and I'm going to be so high. I'm definitely nice and blazed, but it feels like a steady, stoic, like, gazing type of effect that's, like, really relaxing. Um, And I just, I'm really surprised by the flavor, and it's extremely smooth. I'm taking, like, a handful of nice bong rips. Yeah, I enjoy it. Yeah, this, um, you know, we were also joking about getting paranoid, Uh smoking the Sour D. And uh, I don't really get paranoid off this sour D right here, but you know what? I did pick up some sour, some chem sour D um, from a shop. Do you have that case? <laughs> it's like right there. I could like literally tell you. Yeah, we could, we could, we could grab it. I just think it's hilarious because every time you think of like sour diesel, you also think of this particular chem dog sour diesel, and then tell me how paranoid it makes you. Uh, it's the only one that makes me crazy paranoid, and I want to like put it out there. Shit but it, you keep on like vortexing back to it, like you're stuck in a black hole or something. It has like a gravity over you. 
You're like, yeah, it made me really paranoid. Do you guys, you want to check it out? <laughs> and I'm like, this plant speaker sour diesel is like really fun and happy and smiley. I don't know if I want to feel paranoid. Um, but we probably should pay a, a few minutes to, you know, just talking about J plant speaker. This, this, uh, you know, just ball jar here has a wonderful plant speaker deer sticker on it. And Eric um, did slap that on. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, thank, thank you, Eric. I appreciate yeah, no. getting uh, the I, full experience. Yeah, label your weed. Um, <laughs> yeah, label your weed. Um, but like, Jay Plant Speaker is quite the personality. Ryan, have you heard some of the podcasts he's been on? Um, yeah, yeah. I've listened to him and I've, I've followed him for forever. I really he's one of the like premier characters in cannabis, um, and his. His weed is phenomenal. So, yeah, absolutely worth following him. And, uh, yeah, I, I haven't listened to more than, um, oh, God, what is the that interview show that, that takes place here in Oregon? Um, the name escapes me. But, uh, yeah, uh, he's an interesting dude, and he, he has, like, herds of deer in his yard that he feeds, and he lives in this really interesting uh, desert climate of Oregon that just gets tons of sun, but also gets super cold, super fast. So he's out there battling the elements, and it made some super good weed. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you guys were able to bring some on. But uh, anything else you want to say about the plant speaker? No, I I think I've conveyed my in delight in consuming it. Thank you, Eric and Chris and. Jay and everybody else who's helping yeah. grow up there for putting this together. It's been excellent. Yeah. Whew, seriously. Um, and man, I, I smoked some of his Sour Monkey uh, like a couple of years ago even. And I, I still remember it as being one of the best sours I've ever smoked. So to get the, the real deal Sour D is uh, pretty damn nice. Good on you guys. Yeah, I can feel my eyes setting in in like a particular way that like only happens when like you know you kind of get something that hits a spot and yeah that that's happening. We're golden, dude. Chris, great pickup. Yeah, thank you, Eric. Actually, you know, and yeah, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, hey, yeah. I'm putting this uh, putting this dirty banana out, and I have to say like really tart berry soap um like clove more banana just i'm i'm i supremely enjoy that joint and like i said i will go grab some more and and give it like the full evaluation because i feel like it's worthy of it nice and what was the so it was banana og and what was the other side uh secret mints if i'm recalling correctly which is like a Cushman's back so, cross, if I'm if I'm right. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sounds tasty. Yeah, just, Urban Canna is an in, indoor cultivator somewhere up in the Portland area. Or? Yeah, yeah. We've talked about them uh, a bunch on the podcast before. They're they're one of the indoor cultivators that I can kind of rely on to have like a clean burning flower, interesting genetics. Um, definitely not like some crazy. Um, PGRs or any like weird formations in the flower. So, yeah, I I uh, I like and trust those guys for a while though. I feel stupefied by this uh, sour diesel. So, um, was there another part of your trip that we wanted to touch on in particular? Like Sorry, something? Cool? I know it's okay. It's kind of happens on the pod podcast. Um, but um, no. is, was there was there any was there any part of the trip in particular where like you have like a good story or a good weed anecdote? Like Ryan, I think we should probably grill Chris a little bit on like the differences between legal state cannabis because he did allude in the early part of the podcast that he tried three different markets. And um, I, we should probably get some sort of like reaction to that, yes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. That's one thing. So later yeah, on, talk about how dry the weed is. So Chris, you were mentioning, you were mentioning, you know, on this uh, incredibly dank journey that, um, you know, you got to sample some different products from different markets. So did you come away with some more impressions of like what Colorado or Oregon cannabis are like? 
Um, you know, I've never experienced Colorado cannabis before, but Oregon um, cannabis I have smoked before. Um, this is my first time buying some bud from a shop. And uh, let's see, is the name of the shop on there? Can you tell me? The shop was super cool. I'd love to shout them out there in Bend. Um, and that's where I picked up the Chem uh, D-Cross. Oh. Um, but the, is that what it is? The local market? The local market, maybe. Um, yeah, super cool dudes down there. Um, Eric's got some cool-ass prints up in the shop. Um, good for, good variety. I noticed that, uh, you know, there's a bunch of different cultivars in Oregon than there are what I'm used to seeing down in California. And um, that was cool. You know, there is, like, some GMO crosses um, that were up there that were, like, really interesting. Um and just some other like uh, ones. Um, sorry, this RD got me a <laughs> little uh, sidetracking on my <laughs> thought process there. Um, but so the flower I bought at the store, uh-huh. um, you know, uh, it was like good, like right when I got it. And I rolled a joint, uh, hit like a bong of it. And then I noticed it just like dries out pretty quickly up there. Um, my stash too. Um, very dry <laughs> by the end of the trip um like we actually brought um well <laughs> <laughs> a personal we, use amount of cannabis yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had essentially wet weed right uh-huh. that had like dried out oh, okay and um you know we were on all different types of elevations you know like we said we went up to like the fourteen thousand foot uh-huh. we're often camping in like ten thousand foot areas. so ideal cannabis storage conditions yeah, ideal <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what i'm like okay. brisk wind extreme sun <laughs> um yeah so the weed was um it was like a little dry but i think it was just due to climate um, you know, I did get to try some like really fresh uh, storm cannabis, and I was like really impressed with it. You know, their flowers were looking really stellar, and they had one that really jumped out at me, a blue magoo, and it was just like so like grapey, danky, fruity. I didn't get to smoke it, but I got to see it in the room. Um, so that was cool. And then when we got to Colorado, um, you know, we were mostly like dabbing at that point. I think. Probably because the flower wasn't like there. I don't know. Maybe because the dab flares were better. I don't know. We were just dabbing a lot more. Um, and I only bought edibles in Colorado. And the guys, let's see, Dave rolled up with dabs, <laughs> a lot of dabs, and uh, personal use dabs. And, uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I can't remember if we bought flower in Colorado. I don't think we did. But my flower dried out so much, like so much. Yeah, I mean, it's hard being on the road. I mean, that yeah. car had to be pretty hot during the day in various places. The high elevation that you yeah. were mentioning. I mean, that's going to age your cannabis incredibly quickly as opposed to keeping it in one yeah. place cold and stable. <laughs> yeah, out yeah. Of the light, you know? Yeah, but um, oh, you know what I did notice um, that is way better um, in Oregon and Colorado than California is that you don't have to be approached by like a militia, <laughs> you know, guy looking guy, like a guard, right? Mm-hmm. With bulletproof vests and like big fucking guns and like all this shit, you know, standing outside like a storefront, like here in like the Bay or whatever. And in California or in Oregon in Colorado, you know, you just like walk in the door. And they just checked your ID, like, at, you know, when you're being serviced. And I don't know if that's normal, but that's how it happened with me both times. And it was just such a more, like, stress-free shopping environment where I could only imagine people who are not accustomed to cannabis. Like, coming to California must just be so intense, like, with all that. Yeah, I mean, it definitely puts out a certain vibe when there is an intimidating individual that is at the front of the whole, the beginning of the whole experience. It definitely colors it in a certain way, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think one of the really interesting things, because we just passed like July 4th, was, um, you know, with COVID, we've seen all these dispensary break-ins and... (laughs) 
you know, there's obviously a pretty interesting relationship between, you know, the police um, and cannabis businesses and cannabis consumers. And so uh, one of the articles that came out before the holiday weekend were like, hey, there's going to be rumors that, uh, you know, maybe some of the you know organized crime that happened previously when some of the protests were going on was going to happen over the holiday again. And uh, there was a rumor going through San Francisco that this was going to happen in the city and everyone was hiring private security or just literally sitting in their shop with a gun because they were like private security or you basically have no security. Um, You know, basically any business would be insane not to provide their own form of security right now. And that's just a really sad aspect of the current legal market. I mean, those people are basically sitting ducks and they're not getting any type of, you know, public protection the way any normal business would, you know, from the local authorities and resources. Yeah. And, you know, it like those robberies and stuff like it trickles down to, you know, like, you know, ultimately, you know, the brand suffers and then the consumer suffers. But, you know, think about, well, if the product gets robbed, what does the photographer take pictures of? You know, what is the web developer like, you know, work on? Like if that goes missing and not to mention like the cash, like, mm-hmm. you know, cannabis companies can't bank. Right. So we have to deal in cash and like already this year I've had, I think three or four clients have been robbed, two of which cost me two jobs. And then the year before that, you know, same deal. And it's like, yeah, it, like it hurts everybody so hard. And it's just like... Yeah, and it's brutally unique to cannabis, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, if you were shooting for, um, you know, just flowers, like, if you were shooting any other type of product, like, that doesn't happen. It's, like, a result of the prohibition that's been around for so long, having an impact on the market and the, you know, creation of this now legal and licensed market. Um, everything is upside down and it's yeah I think you're totally right that like everyone who is connected to that dispensary that gets knocked over is suffering a consequence including the consumers that serve that dispensary because now you know what maybe they're not going to get discounts because the business doesn't feel like it's flush enough to offer that type of price break down to their consumers so it really hits like everyone that works there and everyone that interacts with that place mm-hmm. um I, I uh, luckily I don't think I really heard of anything happening in the Bay this weekend. It was just like rumors leading up to it, um, and I thought the response from from the business owners was just really interesting. That they were basically just like, you know, we feel like we have to go it alone. We don't have support from uh, the police to to protect us. They clearly have other things they're preoccupied with at the moment. They're certainly not thinking like, oh, these cannabis businesses provide millions of dollars in taxes that are coming into our budgets and other city budgets. <laughs> Maybe we should protect and serve them um, like the rest of the folks around here. I mean, clearly they're not doing a great job at that either. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a, really, that's a really good point there. Um, but it is, it, like the whole system, it's just like, you know, you have to have all your products stored in like this one location, you know, maybe you're, maybe you just had a big wholesale day. Maybe you just did whatever and you got paid like a hundred K in cash. And then maybe somebody knows that because all of these grows are like in the green zones, right? Like they're all in the same areas, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, they just like, like the organized crime just goes through and just smashes uh, storage unit doors or whatever you know warehouse doors just just to see right you know but but also that that's <clears throat> exacerbated by so many of the unique conditions like 280e mm-hmm. and cannabis banking mm-hmm. ex- makes this problem so much worse exactly right and then um ryan i don't know if you saw that um ease is now um in like a hundred million dollar lawsuit connected to 
um, a banker that was um, basically processing online payments, but under, you know, like a fictitious, I think, set of uh, information and you know, something oh, that uh, many cannabis businesses do, I believe, um, <clears throat> just to enable electronic payments for their customers, right? It's not really a malicious thing. Um, but um, yeah, apparently there's a massive lawsuit uh, going on with Ease. I don't really know the details super well, but I know that um, at, at a glance, some of what they appear to have been doing is just like the kind of typical things that cannabis businesses do just to afford normal conveniences to their customers. Yeah, almost every cannabis company out there is somebody, you know, like uh, Bolts and Screws Incorporated doing business as like weedy weed guys. Um, so they can somewhat not just get targeted for everything because, I mean, it's the fastest way to get your thing shut down. Even CBD companies, even terpene companies, it's really hard to be, do anything with advertising or banking or anything where you're mentioning cannabinoids, right? Or where you're talking about something even like a, a medical use for, uh, you know, we could say like these cannabinoids help glaucoma and your Facebook might reject those ads or you might get extra close scrutiny when your stuff is being purchased. So yeah, uh, it's, it's because so many companies in that, that just like SWAT I mentioned get sh their payment processing shut down. I would say like a large majority of them operate with uh, some other uh, company that they're kind of like, hey, look, we're, we're smiley refreshments, right? And that's what you're going to see on your credit card when you buy these 500 milligram CBD isolate right. slabs or whatever. Um, so it's pretty routine yeah, and it's kind of it. crazy that Ease is taking the fall for it, um, I guess, through their processor. This is the first time I'm hearing the story, but I, I'm not surprised by it. Well, well, well so I, I'm looking at some more details right now. Um, and basically a German businessman was arrested at LAX in March and charged by federal prosecutors with a conspiracy to commit bank fraud, which, quote, stemmed from an alleged scheme to trick banks into processing more than $100 million in marijuana sales. And so Ease is actually not in this indictment, but they are kind of at the heart of the case because they are one of the uh, you know companies that was allowing customers to pay with credit cards, and and Weigand was uh, you know allegedly um, you know involved in this uh, type of thing. But like you're saying, it's not exactly uh, something that is really rare uh, in cannabis. It's kind of like what cannabis companies have been forced into um, to try to miti mitigate a little bit this cash issue. Uh, which is also a security issue, as well as provide just convenience to customers, which will facilitate more sales. Right. And, you know, I, I've always been an advocate for cash just because I feel like, you, you know, you go out to eat and it's so much easier to just like throw some cash down instead of nickel and diving your friends. Right. Um, but then after COVID, I feel like nearly every business has figured out a way to just not use cash anymore like i i've had everything from like somebody um like scan my card from a distance to you know venmoing somebody through my window or just the old-fashioned giving my credit card number to somebody uh but now if i do end up going into the dispensary i'm fumbling with cash and it's like not the right amount that i have in my hands so then it's like i have to put things back or go pay a user's fee at the atm like, I really hate it. I, it's the last place that I'm actually using paper money. And I used to always want to have a little cash on me just in case. And now I feel like it's a, a place where I'm fumbling and like never have the right thing that I need. So I'm really done with it. <laughs> I, I know that uh, dispensaries who are considered essential and are put at added risk because people come through there all day long um hate dealing with the cash too so uh, aren't we kind yeah. of at enough of a breaking point that people can relax on some of these things right yeah i mean absolutely should it is ludicrous that we haven't but so are many things with regard to cannabis <laughs> right uh. <laughs> 
I hear you. Uh, dude, nobody wants ash in their mouth. I'm not advocating more. Uh, you know what I could use more of? Ash in your mouth? Fucking ash in my mouth. <laughs> None of ash in my mouth. Let's fucking figure this out. <laughs> well, I want to leave this experience. <laughs> um, why do you like the pick apart? Because um, it'll last longer? I think, I think it's more flavorful because it doesn't burn as hot and I think that you can you can get more relights of like green not fully combusted flour and resin than maybe you can with that but like I use that method for my like pipes and I like it with my pipes because when I have a fully ground bowl in a pipe then I can have it, I can light it, you know, the best is when you can light it you once. Just keep and you just cherry hit it the whole way through, nice mm. and slow, it's full of flavor. True. But like with the bong, you're always pulling the slide after every inhale. So like, what's the point of cherrying it unless you're ripping that whole dose? No, I'm not no, I think right. that's what you need to do is you pack just a tiny amount in each, like one hit is, I think, the best way to use a bomb. And then See, continue as that's you know, that, That's that another is, opinion. That, <laughs> yeah, so. Well, we could wait for this conversation. Well, so. We might be back. Well, welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chris and I have. Um, loaded our bongs differently uh, and we were talking about the approach but what we've loaded them with is some of this jet fuel gelato from Fox Hollow Flora yeah um, so I was uh, visiting my buddy Devin at Things From Stein Farm on Instagram badass uh, extract photographer and uh, he had a shoot down in Medford and I was already in Bend back from the road trip and uh so I took the drive over to Medford and hung out with him. And uh, when he was leaving, he had this jar. It's a pretty big dube tube, you know, like those those pop toppers, the ones. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, yeah, he was just like, oh, well, I don't need to bring this with me, so you can take it. And I was like, cool. And that's how I ended up with it. Nice. Yeah, it's got a great smell. Um, very, like, kind of earthy and herbal. Mm-hmm. Definitely get sort of like that uh, that round, bold, gelato sort of undertone. But it has a lot of other kind of things going in. I, I kind of find that it, um, you know, has the same appeal as, you know, a lot of OGs have for me. What do you think? Yeah, definitely. I would agree with you. The nose on this is really amazing. And... Um, I'm surprised too because it is in one of the plastic jars. You know, I haven't seen these pop top jars in so long, actually. <laughs> um, you know, because now everything in California is like branded. Nobody would ever sell them that. But you know, I guess with the deli style uh-huh. in uh, Oregon and Colorado, I suppose they just fill these things up. Um, but yeah, no, the buds are they're just like little buds, but they look good. Smells great. Mm. Yeah, I was, but yeah, uh, we uh, we loaded. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just when I was uh, in the dispensary <laughs> buying this herb, they were showing off the jet fuel gelato too. It seems like everybody that was coming in, uh, and uh, most people were grabbing it. So it definitely has a, a hell of a nose on it, uh, and stands out on the shelf for sure. So I, I've always really liked Fox Hollow, um, especially their citrus strains, and then they did a powdered donuts which i thought was great and smelled like actual powdered donuts uh, man i'd love to find some more of that yeah. hey uh pot snobs if you see any of that send it my way please thank you <laughs> <laughs> but yeah ed was um watching me grind my weed up uh to <laughs> you know load my bowl 
and he asked me um, my like preferred method of like how I pack a bowl and like grinding it up versus like you know picking yeah specifically for the bong we've both yeah. got like you know kind of like medium sized water bongs here. And uh, yeah, you went for like the fine grind. I mm-hmm. went for more of like the pick apart approach. We both fully loaded our bowls. I think that's because <clears throat> we're enthusiastic pot snobs. Well, yeah, definitely. Uh, <laughs> no, I was, I just like realized because you're asking me because you're like, um, you know, you could burn the pull apart cooler, right, for more flavor and. Yeah. But I also think you need to kind of like torch it a little more with the flame on the pull apart. Sometimes. Only if you pull it apart poorly. Mm, damn. <laughs> I wonder how good my pull apart is. <laughs> well, maybe that's something I, mean, I don't do well. Maybe I just, it's more of like a, it's like a shred, right? Like if, mm. if you just coarsely bust it up, then like you're right, you're going to have some large, um, yeah. you know, larger pieces of flour that aren't going to ignite really efficiently for you. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, that's exactly what you achieve by getting the fine grind. Yeah. Um, it's just that now I feel you like you kind of have to like inhale that entire bowl in like <laughs> one go because you're going to cherry it so efficiently. Yeah. Whereas like, like I can kind of, you know, like, get so a nice I'm handful of like tasty this. rips in here. You're going to corner. Yeah. And then I get my hit. Yeah. You know, and like, if I want to keep going, I can, but I kind of like just working away around the bowl. And honestly, that's particular to this bong as well, though. Uh Uh-huh. So this is, for everyone who can't see, this is like a hand-blown bong. It does not smoke well. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It was blown by clumsy hands. I, uh... Yeah. I've tried it. It's a little hard. I didn't yeah. realize that was intentional. <laughs> no, I, I don't know if that was intentional. The thing is, is I took a glass blowing lesson um, from this dude, and he was super cool, and I wanted to buy something from him, and uh, he did not at all claim to like know how to make bongs or anything, and he was like, well, this is the first bong I ever made, and I was like, dope, I'll buy it. <laughs> And uh, so, you know, I support an artist, um, got a cool piece of art. It's crazy thick. Like, I swear to God, like, if you dropped it, it would not break. It's got to be like, dude, like, what is that? Like, over a quarter inch thick glass. It's pretty thick. Um, The thing that does suck is that the stem doesn't, like, sit in the bowl that well. So there's, like, suction issues and, like, the... uh, what What do you call this part? The tube? Stem? No, the stem. No, this is stem. Hmm. This is the the stem for the bowl. What That's do you call a, the part that you inhale, inhale from? <laughs> the tube. What do you call yeah, that? Yeah, the tube. The tube. There you go. Okay, so the stem, the tube. Mm. The tube is wider at the mouth, but then goes down to like, I don't know. Yeah, it narrows. Like a, yeah, it narrows to like a quarter inch. And so it just doesn't hit that well. So when I smoke this bong, I take these little rips around it. All right. So you cornered to try to achieve basically the same thing that I'm achieving with kind of the pull apart. I'm also cornering. But Ryan, you made a good point, which is like, hey, why not just load as much for one go and then keep it fresh the whole way? Yeah, I really like taking a a quick little snap there. Boom on the bong. Just one hit. That's it. Uh, and I think the the kind of ultimate leisure kingly thing to do is to just also pull the ashes right down into the water, and then <laughs> move on mm. to a nice fresh clean bong after that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. I aspired to that one day, but uh, I guess I just like needed to rip apart this greasy uh, jet fuel and uh, just pack a nice fat bowl yeah what are you enjoying as we close out the episode uh you know what i am trying some of a dirty Arm farms new np 710710 uh which i guess is just their name for like a new consistency of uh dab that they're producing so, uh, you know, they're, they're really proud of this stuff. Uh, you know, Jamie from Dirty Arm is, uh, if you're in Oregon, you know, he's, he's kind of great at marketing his stuff. And typically, I mean, his products are really nice. So 
though this is not something I would normally gravitate toward, it is something new. So I'm like, all right, I'm excited. I got to try it. I need to at least have an opinion on it. So uh, this texture is very much like a very stiff distillate. So uh, anyone who's ever seen like just raw distillate before, it's, uh, it's really stable at room temperature. It's even kind of like hard to mess with unless you warm it up a little bit. This uh, is really nice. It's, it's like a really stiff honey and uh, completely water clear. And the nose on it, at first I was like, there's no nose on it. Uh, I went for something that I felt would be hard to nail, the papaya. Uh, papaya's got an interesting kind of funky, gross fruity nose on it uh so i was like okay you know prove how good your extraction is with this papaya and i have to say like after four or five dabs it's really grown on me and the, the funkiness comes through the fruitiness comes through it really seems like true to the garden papaya um it's not super loud <laughs> but i feel like I really don't mean this in any kind of rude way. This is almost like a beginner's concentrate, uh, especially for like a, a connoisseur because it has like a distinct flavor. It's really easy to play with and dose and you're gonna have a consistent experience every time. Like it's not gonna be some like crumbly hash that you have to fold some parchment to figure out and hit it at a certain temperature. Um, like I feel like it's pretty forgiving on the nail. So uh, I, I really respect it as like a product, though it's probably not for me. I probably won't grab much more of it. I do see that they put the same oil into cartridges, and I'm not going to lie. Like I'll probably grab some of those uh, the next time I travel because I think it's a, a pretty flavorful experience. And uh, let's see here, 88% cannabinoids, total cannabinoids, and then the, the package actually says... 75% THC. So I do like seeing that uh, there is like a variety of cannabinoids represented. Uh, yeah, ultimately uh, pretty nice. I was surprised by it. It impressed me and I didn't expect it to. Nice. That, uh, that sounds really tasty. And that um, reminded me that uh, I tried an enal for the first time um, in Colorado. <laughs> Do you ever smoke out of those or with one of those? Yeah, yeah. At the cannabis club, they had a, a bunch set up and they just would sit there at temperature all day, which is kind of fantastic. Yeah. Um, what was your experience? What did you think? Yeah. Oh, it was super cool. You know, um, at first, you know, I just like let Dave show me how to use it. And, um, you know, I told him I liked like cooler dabs or whatever. He described it to me as it like being able to more like sip on it, like sip on a cocktail rather than taking like, you know, a, like a hot dab or whatever. And I found it like really pleasant. You just, it's just like always going. <laughs> so you just walk up and drop your dab in there and, you know, take it and everything was fine. It was super easy to clean up and I don't know. Um, I think they're a little pricey, but it seems to be probably worth it if you're really into uh, concentrates. Yeah, uh, particularly like at a party or when there's like maybe four mm. people hanging out and you want to just be able to do dabs and you don't want to have a torch out, especially because that's kind of intimidating for a lot of people. Yeah. It really takes like a lot of the like fiddling with something out of the out of it. Uh, oh, hey, kind of speaking of, yeah. Ed, are you still using your uh, pen often? Is that something that's still in the room? Oh. It is definitely in a drawer. <laughs> um, no, I, I can't honestly say that, you know, it probably it probably ended up getting used, you know, five to ten times before it started residing in the drawer. But um, I think the main sort of like, I guess, use case that Caitlin and I found for it was, you know, kind of when we were on the go. You know, it's it's really a portable device that would be great to like take to a concert or a park or just wherever, um, as opposed to like something you'd have in a home setup. And uh, you know, we've been relatively confined to home, so <laughs> that may have a, a pretty good amount to do with that too. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, 
I, I gotta say, like, I'm so on the fence about getting a Puffco still. Like, every other week, I'm, like, hovering over the buy now button and then backing away from it. Uh, <laughs> because I, I love the idea of the convenience, but I also recognize the reality of having to keep it clean and it's, you know, cheap technology that will break on you. Like, all of those things kind of bum me out. But, uh, you know, hey, t- give me the microwave dinner of dabs. I, I think I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ed, do you, wanna, you want one of these uh, chocolates? Oh, yeah, sure. They are, what, donut something again? I think it's coffee and donut, uh-huh. and these are five milligrams. Oh, you also brought coffee back from Oregon. I did bring coffee back. Um, what's the name of the oh. uh, company? I can't remember. I don't know, but it's... it's no, we got a shout out. <laughs> you can go grab it out of the cabinet if you want. Yeah, I got it. But it's, um, it's related to Tyler Terpcam. Yeah, his family owns it. So this is the Terpcam family oh. coffee. And um, it's been pretty good. We've been enjoying it the last few days. You want to come back and say that near the microphone? Oh, yeah. Yeah, my bad. I got excited. <laughs> it is, uh... We all did. Bindle. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, we actually drove, like, gosh, like, two, three hours out of the way to go up to Fort Collins. Got up early in the morning and then drove up there, hung out for, like, an hour at the coffee shop, and then drove back in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> Super stoked we made the stops. Yeah. Nice. Mm, uh, all right. Coated chocolates. Pretty good. It's like very, it's like I I had, you know, not a huge, uh, well, you've been dosing those. Was that actually just one dose that I, I mean, That was five. You can have more if you want. Have more if you want. I had just had five doses. You just. <laughs> no, 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 no. Five no, milligrams. Right. That's a single dose, yeah, I assume, right? Dose. You okay, want cool. Dose? No, I'm good. It's just that because they are shaped like, um, like kind of, of like trapezoidal, yeah. it's like, wait, is that a dose? Because um, <laughs> I didn't see the whole bar since it's been you know getting munched on. But I thought like yeah, that's, that's just... a pretty small piece for like one dose yeah. and um, incredibly flavorful, almost like overpoweringly sugary for me mm. personally. But I do often get like overpowered by sweets just in general. So Yeah, it's definitely on the sweeter end. That's where... Like I was hesitating about like the quality of chocolate, mm. if you will. Mm. Uh, like what I like, I w- I'm not at all a chocolate connoisseur, but I do enjoy like darker chocolates. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is definitely on the like melt chocolate, super sweet. Yeah, I mean sugar forward, sugar, sugar coated, s'more donut, yeah. surprise yeah. kind of vibe. Yeah. In some ways, I feel like that helps you from eating, you know, 200 milligrams of it, you know, because it's just a little too sweet. Um, (laughs) True. But also, if it's going to be chocolate, like, hook it up. Like, let's make it pretty good. Like, make me eat too much and then be like, oh, okay, I'm not going to do that next time. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. Now that I said s'more out loud, I would break off two doses, put a marshmallow and some graham crackers on that. I bet it'd be delicious. Oh yes, Ooh. that's that's gonna you happen. Wanna do that tonight? Wait, I don't know. Uh, we gotta go. So, uh, yeah, Chris and I gotta go start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, we shouldn't. We, we can't oh, joke we, like that okay, in I'll July save, and then see now. Well, man, it actually there there have actually already been like super dry things going on this year. Um, I don't know if it's been um, a drought season up in Oregon, but unfortunately, that's kind of been the case here in Northern California. It's been beautiful and sunny, but um, places are a bit more you know just dry a year and you know year after year it seems. So um, I will yeah, uh... Cal Fire luckily just. Finished repaving the Mendocino Airport just in time. (laughs) Seriously, well, it's nothing but gloom here. That has been the gloomiest Portland summer we've had in forever. Tons of rain, no no warm days. It's just like yeah, it's it's kind of the the normal Portland thing is now extends into September, I suppose. Jeez, damn. (laughs) <laughs> well, send some of that rain down here. Right. Got, I will send the rain, and I've got plenty of uh, cannabis here in the meantime. Keep me, keep me pretty content with it. 
that's that's normally how it works here. Awesome. Well, everyone, I think it's a perfect time to wrap things up. So um, these two can build a fire and melt some marshmallows. Uh, <laughs> Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, tell a friend, leave us a review. We always appreciate that. Um, we'll shout you out if you leave us five stars. If you have any questions or feedback or hot tips or want to send us more of those donut bars, you should. Uh, email potsnobspodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram at potsnobspodcast, at the loud 100, at candid kush, and at bong sounds. Uh, we look forward to <laughs> again soon. And uh, hey, thanks for listening. We really do appreciate it. Good night, guys. Yeah, hope everyone's doing well. Take care, Ryan. Yeah, let's well, smoke me soon. <laughs> you kill. Definitely. Oh, the man was dying. Oh, the man was dying. Oh, the man was dying. She is gone. Oh, the man with the dying. The man's been here and gone.